Due to the video nature of this podcast, I recommend joining us at edtech10.nationalentrail.us or our YouTube bit.ly edtech10. Hi, and welcome to 10-Minute EdTech. This lesson is on making actual blended lessons. Last week, we talked about what blended learning is, and this is really about how to make an effective uh, blended lesson for your classroom. As a reminder uh, from what we talked about last week, uh, a blended lesson is really just an online lesson you're going to incorporate in your traditional classroom instruction. That's what blended learning is. It's the merging of online lessons and traditional classroom instruction in a way that makes sense and works for your classroom. How you blend those together and how you use them in the classroom is the next podcast we're going to do on the rotational model of blended learning. Well, let's get started on making an online or blended lesson. Okay, so I've got listed what I am calling the critical elements of learning and the critical elements of uh, our online instruction. In order to have mastery learning, we need instruction, practice, and feedback. And so we need to have all those things incorporated, if we can, in our online lesson. Now, it depends on uh, what kind of lesson it is on what we can get as far as practice, but we certainly need to have instruction and feedback in every single lesson that we design. Let's take a look at what I mean by instruction before we talk about practice and feedback. So when it comes to instruction, um, and I've said this before, I think uh, video is the best kind of instruction. However, I don't just do video. I have video with text, with audio, all integrated together in my instruction. And I have a little uh, graphic down here that uh, is the UDL graphic pointing out the different universal design for learning ways to instruct, instruct. And of those five in that graphic, four of them are all available for online learning. Digital text that allows those readers that are uh, struggling readers to use screen readers, audio, video, and images all can be incorporated into um, an online learning module. So we want to make sure we, if we use video and any of these tools that they're accessible from any device. Um, and that's why all my videos get initially posted to YouTube and then integrated into whatever lesson, wherever it is. That way, if a student's on a tablet, on a phone, on a laptop, on an iPad, it doesn't matter. They have access to that lesson, no matter where they are with an internet-capable uh, device. So uh, video obviously uses images and audio uh, integrated in with video, which is why I think video is so important. And that's why in one of the previous podcasts, I talked specifically on how to green screen, how to get high quality, high resolution videos like this one uh, so that students can clearly see what you're presenting and clearly hear you. And um, that's the point of that one. But when we talk about video, I want you to think UDL and I want you to think both personally made videos and videos that are available on the internet. There's nothing wrong with using someone else's instruction. There is something wrong with only using someone else's instruction. Students need to see you. They need to see that you are invested in their instruction and they need to get a sense of credibility from you, which will only happen if you're part of it some of the time. I'm not even saying 90% of the time, although in my case, 75% is me, 25% is other online video sources that I watch personally and I really like that I'll incorporate into my lessons. But 
the majority of the video instruction is me and that's a hard thing i know for a lot of teachers to get over and taking a video is not the subject of this particular um, podcast so basics of your lesson first of all um, anything over nine minutes is shown by research to be the point where we start to lose the retention and comprehension of our students so i say shoot for 10 5 to 10 and at 15 man you need to be done which is why i changed my own podcasts from my traditional classes down to 10 minute ed tech to try to force me to stay inside that 10 minute window so i don't lose staff members just like you don't want to lose your students so if it's longer than that cut it down into multiple sections. Okay, so let's look at what it looks like in my particular class. Now, we use a learning management system called Moodle. Uh, what I'm gonna show you can be generalized into Google Classroom or any other learning management system. We've got instruction, we've got feedback, and we've got practice all with an online lesson. In my case, you can see these class activities right here are what used to be classroom lectures in my class where I might have only had two days or three days worth of lecture and I've gone through and I've broken them down into much smaller sections so that when I get done talking about part one, I stop and whether the students are in class with me or online, they're gonna get the same class instruction, they're gonna do the same class exercise and we'll have a chance to get class feedback uh, in any case. So if they were, for instance, on the first section on the CPU socket, Here's the exercise, and if they click on the link, it takes them to where I've already pre-recorded the exact same lecture I would have given in class. So if a student's online, or I want to do it as a blended learning activity, if I want to flip the classroom, all those things we'll talk about in how to implement blended learning, but all those things I can do with the exact same module that I have set up. Students can watch the video, or if they are already in the classroom, then they proceed on to the textual part that I want them to read, as well as a follow-up video that's not me. Uh, and like I said, I have about 75% of my video is me, but about 25% is not me. It's other, other videos that are high quality that I've proofed and put in my classroom for students to watch as well. Now, when they're done with that, um, this is an actual activity. They would click down here and they would take a quiz and the quiz would give me immediate feedback and they're only worth 10 points. And of that 10 points, all, the, all those feedbacks together are only 10% of my class. I use a formative summative uh, model that the formative is only 10% because it's there to give me feedback so that when all the students are finished with that, I can then review it based on how the students did and what they got out of uh, a certain section. So that's one way that, that you can build a blended learning lesson. Let's look at ones that are just a little bit more specific. So here's my chapter seven, and you can see it's also broken up the same way. Everything stays very um, standardized in my classroom as far as the way it looks. And if we look at this one, we know that this section, if I click on it, goes directly to the video of instruction on the hard drive uh, purpose and sizes. So every single one is broken up to a very small section. Let's see how big this, this particular video is. It is seven minutes and 39 seconds long. So they would do that seven minutes and 39 instruction of video and then go right into the quiz. So as a recap, I use online video with supporting text. 
I follow that video up with some kind of assessment or activity in the class. It doesn't have to be on the computer. If you're doing it in your classroom, it can easily be beyond paper and pencil. Uh, if you're doing it purely online, then it probably makes sense for it to be an online activity. And then some way for me to get and give feedback to my students, um, which could be another Cognitive module that I use in our learning management system as well. And that's it for building a blended learning lesson. Instruction, feedback, and practice. Thanks for joining us.